I did. I apologize. A little delayed reaction. Good to have you here this morning. Uh, we're we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew 28, 19, and 20 over the next three weeks. And that's really Jesus' blueprint for how to accomplish his purpose in the world. And uh, it's, it's God's plan for changing the world. Now, I've, I've had plans in my life, and I, I was thinking about uh, different times that I have had a plan, maybe without a blueprint or without knowing how I was going to complete the plan, and launched off to do it. And one of those times was when I was eight or nine. I may have mentioned this before, but when I was about eight or nine, I wanted a swimming pool in my backyard. And so I, my best friend had a swimming pool, or one of my best friends had a swimming pool, and so I wanted, I wanted it. I wanted a swimming pool. I, I begged. The way I, I, was, I was a spoiled, rotten kid, and I usually could wear my parents down and get what I wanted. And so I would, Dad, come on, Dad, Dad, I want a swimming pool. Come on, come on. And I wanted it really bad, and so I talked him into letting me dig a hole in the backyard for a swimming pool. And I had no plan. I had no resources to complete the plan by, you know, filling it in and creating this, uh, you know, bottom of the pool, size of the... I had no plan anyway. I had no resource. I I even, right now, I don't even know what to call the stuff. Okay, I don't know what you call the stuff in the bottom of the pool. It's stucco-looking stuff. <laughs> Obviously, I was just going to dig the hole, and I was going to, hopefully, what I was doing is, I was hoping that I would do so much of the work that my dad would uh, be convinced to finish the job, to fork over the resources and come up with everything it took to complete the project. Long story short, I dug this huge hole. I mean, it was swimming pool-sized hole. Had friends helping me. Ran into all kinds of things underneath the ground. It was fascinating. Toilets and all kinds of stuff. And it turns out that it was a major waste of effort. Major waste of my time because my dad was never going to give me the money, provide the resources to finish what I started. He, it just was not on his plate. As a grown person, I understand. I get that. I understand why he didn't want to do that. They're expensive. And they're continuing expenses that you have to fork out. I get that now. But he never approved my plan. I did it anyway. You know, no one who's mature wants to pour time and money and effort into something that you don't have the resources to complete. We we just don't want to do that. We, We really don't want to do that with our lives either. But we all have plans. We make plans. And actually what we do as people is we work from a blueprint. We have this blueprint in our hearts and minds and we basically build our life based on how we think you uh, obtain the good life, how you come up with a really good life and how to enjoy it, how to, how to uh, really uh, <clears throat> have the best kind of life possible. We have different pictures in our mind of what that means. You know, lots of money usually is a part of it, at least starting out, or uh, it's, it's pretty, it seems like that'd be a really good thing to have, a lot of money. 
uh, great house, great car, whatever it is you want to have that. You need money. So all the stuff that money can buy. Great family, good friends. That's a blueprint. That's, that's what we're aiming for. We have a blueprint in our mind of how to have a great family and really good friends. So we're working out this blueprint as we relate to our family, as we relate to our friends, and we're trying to come up with those things that we think are going to help. In our blueprint, maybe a fulfilling career, doing something that makes a difference, not just earning a paycheck, but doing something that really helps people, really, really helps them move along, or a prestigious degree from a college, maybe uh, in your mix of blueprints and plans that you'd like to see in your life. We have this picture in our minds that's developed over the years, and uh, we develop it growing up, we see things, we have friends who have things like swimming pools, so that became a part of my plan early on. I abandoned that. Uh, it was a muddy. Let me tell you, that first dive into my pool when I filled it up with water, it was muddy. It was not good, because I had no plaster in the bottom of it. Um, anyway... Um, What we do is we develop this picture in our minds growing up as we live life. We sort of add to it. Often, we turn to God and we want Him to help us complete that picture. We come up with the picture and we want Him to approve our plans. We want Him to get on it. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at God's plan. And that's what we're doing in this series. We're looking at His blueprint And he's shown us how to live a life full of meaning and purpose. And so we're going to look at that. And we're going to try to see what he says, because that's a plan he's already approved. And so we're going to dig in. Um, Specifically in this series, we're going to look at what is known as the Great Commission. And that roll-in video, uh, that, that was actually just a quote of the last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven. And it's called the Great Commission. He commissioned his followers, uh, his disciples, those who had decided to follow him, to go and make more disciples, to baptize them and to teach them to observe all that he's commanded them. He said this five times at least, five times that are recorded in different ways. So five times. He, it, Whenever, you know, when you have children running around the house, you want them to get something, what do you do? You keep repeating it, toddlers. You keep, you keep saying it, because this is important. And so Jesus says this five different times at least to his disciples, uh, five times that we know about, because it's important. He was giving his followers the framework for their lives and the mission of the church. He was laying it out. This is what he wants the church to accomplish. And so that's, that's part of what we're doing. What does God want your life to accomplish as a follower of his? If you are a follower, if you aren't yet, you're going to find out what he wants. And then what does he want to be happening in the church? We do a lot of stuff in church. I mean, we, we do stuff. We set things up and we tear things down. We have meetings. We get together, we invest resources, people's time and, and our money in doing things. What does he want to come out of all that activity? What, what is the result that he wants to, to see happening as, as we follow? Well, the Great Commission gives us 
In a very clear picture, it gives us his blueprint, what he wants to see happening. And, and we find that Jesus' plan for his followers is to make disciples. That's, that's how, what he called it. That's what he said, make disciples. We'll dig into what that means. But Matthew 28, 19, 20, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in, in the name, them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, we have 24 hours a day, 168 hours a week. We have so many days in our life. What Jesus does here, he gives focus to our time and our energy. He says, this is where my followers are going to focus their time and energy. This is, this is what I want you to be, this is what provides the framework for your life or the blueprint for your life. And as a church, we find out here that what he wants us to be doing is making more disciples and growing the disciples who are a part of the congregation. A disciple means follower, basically. It's a pupil or a learner. And so we, we refer to followers of Christ. And that's basically what a disciple is. But every follower, not only is the church to be about this, but every follower not only cooperates with the church to help make things go and accomplish the mission there, but their individual life, as they live their life, their personal life, he wants the same thing to be coming out of our lives. He wants, he wants us to be helping make more disciples as well, to be growing ourselves as a, a follower and helping make more followers as as we can so we should orient our lives around this commission that's what jesus is saying this this is what we orient around so we're going to break the commission the great commission into three sections over the next three weeks first of all make disciples secondly baptize them we're going to look at going public baptism is about going public we're going to look at why jesus asked us to do that why it's important what it means we're going to dig into that and then finally uh, he says, teach them, teach the disciples, those who decide to follow me, teach them to observe what I've commanded them. So he wants us to live it out. We're going to look at that uh, over the next three weeks. The first part today is the central command. The other things relate to it. He says, go therefore make disciples of all nations. This is the command. Baptizing relates back to that, and so does teaching to observe. It relates to making disciples. Uh, Jesus was essentially telling this group that being a disciple or follower becomes your, your basic identity. This, this becomes, I'm basically a follower of Christ. Now, I'm, I'm a pastor follower, but the adjective is pastor. You may be a uh, salesman follower. You may be an IT follower. Those are adjectives. Those are, those, those are what you do for work, but you're basically, if you've decided to follow Christ, you may be a teacher follower, but you're a follower. First of all, this is, this is what Jesus is saying here. He's telling us, and he gives the blueprint for how to go about living life, the framework, the blueprint. So as we parent, he wants us to parent in a way that develops more followers. So that's 
one of our number one objectives is to help our kids come to know Jesus Christ, to introduce them to him, help them want to follow him as workers. We want to work in a way that's attractive to our boss, to our coworkers, to those under us. And, and uh, you know, maybe we have authority over some people. We want to work in a way that, that creates a desire for others to become followers as well. We want to relate to our family, to our friends. Um, and we want to use our resources with the Great Commission in mind. This is, what you, this is the blueprint. And this brings a tremendous amount of purpose to everything you do as you learn to be a mom follower or a dad follower or a um, uh, friend follower or a son follower, a daughter follower. As you, as you learn to do this, more and more, your life has such meaning because God, as Jesus begins to change you, what he wants is, he wants that to just be pulling more people in his direction. He'll never force anyone to follow him. You can't do that. He made us with a choice that we're unforceable. <laughs> you know, we can say no to that. But making disciples is the whole thrust of this passage. So let's define what it is. A, a dis disciple, as I said earlier, is a pupil or a learner. And so a disciple is devoted to Jesus and his teaching. Not just in a, in a knowing what he said way, but in a doing what he said way. So we're devoted and it shows up in the way we live our life. We're not just a fan of Jesus because Christianity isn't a spectator sport. It's an action sport. Everybody's in. If you're, if you're a follower of Christ, you're to be moving and doing and, and following what Jesus said. So it's not just being a fan, but it's being a follower of his. Here's a definition I like. A disciple is someone who has decided to follow Jesus Christ, whatever that means or demands. Usually you just say yes to him. He, he, he draws you to himself. You say yes to him. And then you find out more and more of what it means to follow him. And every time you're challenged with a thought uh, or in your thinking or in your living, you, you continue to say yes to him. Whatever, as, you, as you learn more and more of what it means to follow him, you keep following step by step. In other words, becoming a disciple means I switch to Jesus' plan. I make a switch. We all have a blueprint. We all have a plan. But when I become a disciple, I, I sign on to what he's trying to do. Jesus had an important conversation with a, with a rich young guy. This, this young guy had a, a blueprint in his mind of how to live the good life, how to please God, how, how to do what God wanted. And so I'd like to look at the conversation briefly and then keep moving on in the message. Uh, Luke 18 says, and a ruler asked him, the guy had status, wealthy man, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to them, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, 
and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, and he was extremely rich, for he was extremely rich. So here's this man. This is, this is, he had his blueprint. He took his plan to Jesus for approval. Jesus said, no, you need to get rid of that plan and get on my plan. Now, do we, do we need to give away all we have and distribute it to the poor? No. Not necessarily. If Jesus tells you to, you do. If you're going to follow him, he, he might tell you to do that. He's told a few people to do that very thing. But what Jesus is doing here, he's getting to the heart, trying to get to the heart of this man's life. His, his heart was wrapped around his stuff, his money and his stuff, and he challenged that very thing because we have to switch to Jesus' plan in order to live the life that he wants to lead us to live. There has to be a switch. We can't take our blueprint to Jesus for approval, but, but Jesus lays out his blueprint. He wants us to throw ours away. Sometimes it's confusing as you decide to follow Christ because we, we have this picture, we know what we want, and we're confused because God isn't giving us what we want. But following Christ is not about getting what you want, it's about doing what He wants. It's about accomplishing His purpose. So there's always this moment at the beginning of our decision to follow Christ where we have to make a switch. We have to decide to follow. We give up our plan. And we shift to doing what he wants. Jesus is saying here, I need to be number one priority in your life. He's got to be first over money and stuff, over family and other relationships. You don't have to give away all your money necessarily or give away all your stuff. But he needs to be priority over it. He needs to be priority over our family, our relationships, over our career, over everything. He's number one. He is the number one priority and everything else flows from him. He begins to show you how to live. Now that, that's why it's so important. Now the reason it's so important to help make more disciples because when you make Jesus number one, you begin to follow him, he leads you to live the best life. It may not make sense for you to put him number one over family right now, but what happens is your family isn't made to be in the number one slot in your life. If they're number one, that's, that's a position, that's the God position. They're not intended to be your God. They can't give you everything you need. And we tend to put them as a priority sometimes, and we try to squeeze things out of them, and we come up empty. But if you put Jesus as number one, he can give you everything you need, and he, he will lead you to be the best person in your family that you can be if you're a dad, if you're a mom, brother, sister, whatever. He's going to lead you to be the best. And he's going to give you the resources to do that. That's why this kind of thing, in every area of our life this is true. Jesus leads us to live the best life. This is why Jesus wants us to throw away our blueprint. Because he's got something better in mind. He's got a better plan. It's, it's amazing. So Jesus must be number one for the Christian life to work. Uh, if we try to make Jesus a room addition, you know, we've got our blueprints, and we make a room addition, we add a room for Jesus, and he's over there, and we keep him in, a, you know, in, in his room. It just doesn't work. It's not, it's, he's, we gotta, we gotta 
take the blueprints and let him do what he wants to with them. Some of them he might work with, but some of them, no. He's going he's to take them, rework them, or he wants us to take his blueprint and build on that. Another thing a follower of Christ, a disciple, is, uh, does is not only do they turn outward to follow Christ and make him number one, it's about him now, uh, we, we try to influence disciples, try to influence the world around. As people, God plops us in a work, he plops us in a neighborhood, he puts us in a family, and he wants us to begin to influence others in our lives. We're put in a pool of relationships. We have different networks. You know, we have a family uh, network. We have a group at, at work. We have uh, friends in the neighborhood. These friendships and things develop. And he wants us to have the right kind of influence on our family and friends. And we do that by telling others and showing others the difference Jesus makes in our life. So making disciples in every arena of our lives becomes the, the focus. It becomes the, the direction that Jesus is going to lead us. So we do this by taking the initiative to share the difference Christ has made in our lives. That's what the first disciples did. Uh, Peter and John were there when Jesus gave the Great Commission. And this is what happened after he died and raised and, and went to heaven. They, they were they began to share the message with crowds of people who started deciding to follow Christ as well. They were arrested, and in, in the conversation with the judge at the arrest, this is what they said, Acts 4.20, we cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. We're just not going to, this is amazing. What Jesus has done in my life is so incredible that we, we, just, we just can't stop. They couldn't contain themselves. So this is what Jesus wants us to do. He he wants us to take initiative to share the difference. And then secondly, we live as salt and light in the earth. This is what Jesus said back in Matthew 5. You're the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall it, its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So this is, this is how we are to influence. We're to be salty. Salt adds flavor, creates thirst. It, it makes things good. So too much salt gets a little old, so we don't want to be obnoxious, okay? You don't want to be obnoxious in your work situation, uh, irrelevant and just a real problem. So we've got to give some thought. How do we, how do we live out our, our faith in Christ in a way that draws others? Well, we do that by being a great co-worker, being a good worker, being a family member who keeps looking to the interests of others, that's what Jesus is going to lead us to do. He's going to lead us to serve. That's what he did. He served. We're, we're someone who, when the conflict erupts, which it does, we work through the conflict. We just don't let it go. 
And as we learn to follow Jesus in these things, we get salty. We create thirst. We add flavor. It's, it's a different flavor that we give to our workplace, in our family life, in our neighborhood. But it, it really begins to make a difference and pull people along. We, Jesus puts us where we are to make a difference and make it, to influence those around us. Light illuminates. It allows us to see things as they really are, but in the darkness, you're attracted to the light because you, you, you just, we want, we, you know, darkness is not good. You trip and you fall and you stumble, and we need light. We need light to live. And so we're to, to live in a way that shows the light as God leads us. So making disciples has tremendous implications for our, our own personal lives and organizationally making disciples determines how we use our resources. This is what God wants us to do as a church. So Church of the Valley, we invest uh, the time of our people and our money resources and all kinds of things to advance not our cause, but Jesus' cause, to do his mission. If you're a follower of Christ, his mission becomes your mission. And that's what we're doing here at Church in the Valley. We're, We're trying to accomplish what he's called us to do. Um, We want to provide opportunities for people to connect and to work together to do this mission. That's what what it's all about. At a very basic level, that's what it's all about. In a few moments, I want to show you a video. It's an update about some things that are coming up at Church of the Valley. But for now, I'd like to wrap up the message by thinking through our next steps. Uh, If you would, take your connection card out of your program. Uh, In a moment, the offering will be coming by. And uh, you can drop the connection card in the offering. But if you would, just take time to think through what what is one next step. If if you're a follower of Christ, uh, ask God for help in prioritizing your life around being a disciple. And this, this means in each aspect of your life and parenting, grandparenting, marriage, money, decision-making. Maybe there's an area where you haven't been too salty and you haven't been showing a whole lot of light, but you really want uh, God to help you orient your life around what he's trying to do, being a disciple and helping live the kind of life that will want other people to be disciples as well. And, um, So that may be one step that you'd like to take. That's one of the suggestions here. There are some other things you could just let us know about that are coming up that you could fill in there, check the box, and let us know that you'd like to attend the supper or some of the meetups that are coming up as well. Now, like I mentioned, I have a video I'd like to show you, and it's a video update. This is sort of like having a family meeting, this video. And we don't normally do that, but that's what this is kind of like. It's me on the video, so it's not incredibly exciting, and it's, it's, it has nothing to do with acting. It has me sitting at the desk talking about what's been going on and what's coming up at Church in the Valley. But I wanted to update you because I want you to be in the know of what's gone on in the last year and what's coming up uh, so that you can be aware of some things. The reason I did video is because uh, we can show it at the Alhambra campus and the folks, we can send it out to the folks who are watching 
the kids who are teaching the kids and taking care of the kids there. And so uh, I get to watch myself on video right now. It's going to be a lot of fun for me. But here it is. I'd like you to watch this because it, it's going to uh, inform us of what's been going on and where, where we're headed, some important staff changes that are coming up. Good morning. I wanted to take some time in worship this morning to update you on what's been happening over the past year at Church in the Valley and then looking forward to uh, what will happen and then some things that are going on right now. Uh, certainly this past year has been a very, very eventful year at Church in the Valley as we have seen God work through us to expand our borders. And He has really given direction and His blessing to our efforts, and I'm very, very grateful to him for what he's done. Our major focus for our effort at Church in the Valley this last year has obviously been the addition of the Alhambra campus. Uh, it's been a real stretch for us at both campuses, the, the crew in Alhambra stretching to begin the new work, and then the crew in Diamond Bar stretching to uh, continue on with what we're doing there. Uh, with sending out the people that have, have been the core and launched the uh, Alhambra campus. So it's been a real stretch. We've been stretched sort of like a rubber band, and the tension is there. It's put a lot of tension on the people who've stepped up to serve and on the church as a whole, organizationally. We've stretched for a reason. We've stretched for, stretched for a purpose, and that purpose is to include more of our family and friends and others uh, that God would bring into the life of the congregation. And as you can see on the Google, Google map uh, in the screen, uh, we've had a core of members in the Alhambra area, and it was difficult for them to bring their family and friends out to the Diamond Bar campus. Uh, so now that we have successfully launched the Alhambra campus, we can see that God's hand was at work laying this on our hearts and, and all the things that we've been doing to prepare for this. Many of our guests have said, I've been looking for something like this in Alhambra. Our guests who become regular attenders, who become a part of us, and those who've joined, uh, a real indication that God's been behind our efforts as people were wanting something like this, and God, God came through and met the, the need that they had. We have actually doubled the size of our group in Alhambra uh, from around 65 to around 130. You can see that on the maps that show the difference between those who were here uh, already in Alhambra and then those who've joined us since the launch. And I want to thank you for being a part of the expansion. Uh, folks at both campuses, both at the Alhambra campus who've helped us launch there and those in Diamond Bar who have stretched to make it possible. What's going to happen is, in God's time, we're stretched right now, in God's time He'll relax the tension so that we can recover and so we can get ready to, to launch again or to stretch some more as He lays things on our heart for the future. I want to give you some important information just to keep you in the loop so that you know what's going on. Uh, and th there's a financial reality that's going to affect our planning for the next year. Uh, we've been surprised by some unexpected costs uh, related to the campus launch in Alhambra over the last two months. They're continuing costs. Uh, they're significant. They're going to affect our cash flow. And as we make plans, we're aiming to be prudent and wise in the way that we use our resources uh, as 
this puts a crunch on our planning. As a, an immediate result of the crunch and the discovery of, of the financial reality, we had to cancel our plans for the thank you this year. The thank you is the celebration that we hold for all of the volunteers and for everyone who makes Church in the Valley ministry go. And frankly, that was very painful for me uh, to, to do that this year because this is the very year that everybody stepped up and, and stretched. And so I'm just trusting God to reward those who've served. And uh, I know that it was the most prudent thing to do in, under the circumstances. But I'd, I'd like to ask you to pray with us as we plan for the year ahead. Uh, ask God to give wisdom and prudence as we're thinking through the budget. Our budget year starts in September, so we're working very hard on it right now to, to figure that out. And If God leads you to increase your giving, that would be great as well. To continue growing uh, into the future at our size uh, of campus in Alhambra and the campus in Dimebar as well, staff leadership is crucial for us. Um, we're going to tighten our budget to allow us to add the staff that we need in order to uh, really grow into the future. When you're planning for church life, there are three dimensions that you need to consider. spiritual people dimension or relational, uh, the people you have available, and organizational. Those are the three dimensions, spiritual, people, and organizational. And what I'm doing this morning is talking to you about organizational matters, uh, just for a few moments. Sort of like having a family talk around the table. It's not what we normally do in a worship service, but it certainly impacts the life of the congregation, so I think it's an appropriate thing to do. But as you look at church life, our church life, Church in the Valley, there are three major components of Church in the Valley's organization. We have Mission Center in the middle. Then we try to do as much administration here as we can to support both campuses. So the campuses can focus on doing the work that they have to do there of ministry. And so we have Mission Center in the middle, and we have the Dime Bar campus and the Alhambra campus as well. And for our size congregation, more staff is key to continuing growth and to meet the needs of the people uh, in the group that, that already exists. So we're making some shifts and we're adding some staff. And we're making this a budget priority as we move into the year ahead. Alex Barrett is our executive pastor for Mission Center. And since Alhambra has gone so well and it's grown, uh, we need a full-time staff person giving attention to the ministry in Alhambra, and that needs to be somebody's main focus. And so what we're going to do is we're going to shift, shift Alex's focus to him giving 75% of his time to helping the Alhambra campus get organized and stay moving and, and make it happen. He's essentially going to serve as the campus pastor in Alhambra. Now, Ben Montgomery is currently serving as campus pastor in Alhambra. This has been an exploratory thing on a part-time basis. He is going to continue on staff as an associate pastor, but he's going to shift his focus to groups and evangelism and communication. So he's shifting his focus a bit. And then we're going to add Jeep Underwood, who's been serving already in a part-time volunteer staff position. We're going to pay him a small stipend 
uh, for being the ministry team director as he's already been doing. To free up Alex's time uh, that he's been giving at the mission center level, uh, we're hiring Thad Lanthrop, who is my son, to serve as administrative pastor. He's been working in business over the last several years, but he's been preparing for ministry. And in his business role, he has grown into the director of operations for an internet marketing company that has grown from 7 to 49 in the number of employees. That is going to work to take as much off of Alex as he can at the mission center level. And also, he's going to put his ministry focus in to the Diamond Bar campus to make things go there as well. We're also going to add Matt Sprankle to staff part-time. He's been doing the same role uh, on a volunteer basis that Jeep's been doing in Alhambra, and so we're going to give him a stipend as well to be the ministry team director in the Diamond Bar campus area. I'd like to thank you for listening to our family talk this morning. I wanted to give you the information so you could be in the know about these things, and I'm looking forward to walking through this year ahead together. All right, there's, there's the scoop on what's going on, some, some things we're doing looking ahead. And I wanted to, the way it works is we, we planned to launch the campus in Alhambra. We had no idea how it was going to go. It's gone well. And so now we're reorganizing. We got, we got this screen back. I don't know if you've noticed. If, if you came around in the last several months, you didn't realize we had two screens. We have two. But Alhambra was borrowing this one until we figured out how to, how to make it work there uh, on a more permanent basis. But anyway, things right now in church life, where we're at is, okay, this is where we're at now. This is what's going on. This is what God's done. What is it going to take to move forward? And so those are the key decisions that we see it's going to, to take in order to really move forward and continue to build on the blueprint uh, that God's given us, because we're about making disciples. That's why we launched the campus in Alhambra. That's why everybody's been stretching, is because we're wanting to, to give ourselves, our, our time, our energy, our resources, to helping other people come to follow Christ, because once you figure out how great it is to follow Him, and how much stability and peace and guidance you get from knowing Him, well, you just want other people to know that as well. So that's why we've stretched. We've stretched in order to do that. God's blessed. We didn't know if that was a part of his blueprint or not. You know, you just pray. You try to figure out where he's leading, and you find out when you take the step. And, and God's blessed. So that, those are some organizational things. Uh, I know that's unusual in a worship service, but wanted to let you know, wanted to get you in the loop and keep you in the loop. And I'd like to ask the, the band to come up uh, before I pray. I'd like to also just say thanks to Shane. Shane has been, Shane works a full-time job. He has a business on the side, and he's been serving over the last several months as worship leader. He, he you know, usually he plays in the band, but um, we, we have, starting next week, Andy Vivanco, whom if you've come around the last few months, you didn't realize that he's our worship leader usually, uh, but he's going to be back next week. We've found a man, uh, we've been searching, we found a man that we're do, uh, trying out in Alhambra for a month, and uh, seems like a good guy, seems like a good fit for us, and so while he's uh, serving for the month of August in Alhambra, 
Uh, Andy's going to be back leading for the month of August. But I really wanted to say thanks to Shane because this, this hasn't been uh, you know, easy for him to do. He, he, he added it to his schedule on top of working full-time and um, on top of his business that he's building on the side. So I just want to say thank you, Shane, for... He's probably like me, he didn't like that, but <laughs> Let, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your kindness, Lord, and I pray that you would, you would really give us the energy and the focus to, to accomplish your purpose and will with our lives. We ask for your help as you've laid steps in our heart. Help us to take those steps to follow you wholeheartedly, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.